The anonymous landlord is more than just making profit from property. It's a system of automation and a strategy which will shape the way you invest in property forever. It's a quality of life, it's a way of life. It's a business mindset. The anonymous landlord will make loads of money from property and continue to grow wealth and assets without giving up time or energy or life. Because what's the point in making a load of money from property if you've got no time or energy to enjoy it? My name's Tom Sone, and this is The Anonymous Landlord. A very good morning to you. It's Tom Sone again, and today I'm going to do a bit like a Q&A, but these are already questions that uh, I've seen loads. Loads of questions that I've been asked, that I've seen being asked. So it's all around how you property invest as a limited company versus how you invest in property as a personal, individual purchase. And this is probably one of the most common questions at the moment because so many different, there are so many different tax breaks and incentives and reasons why somebody would choose buying property as a limited company over buying property in their personal name. So I'm going to fire through these questions and I'm just going to answer them as best I can. Whilst I'm doing this, if you've got any questions that you want to ask about buying property as a limited company or as buying it in a personal name, then just fire them in the comments. I'll either answer them now or I'll do my best to reply to you afterwards. Warning, in a lot of instances, you will need to speak to a qualified tax advisor. I should probably precede this by saying I am not an accountant. I am not a tax advisor. I am not a financial advisor or a mortgage advisor. I'm just Tom Sone giving the advice or information that I can give for my own personal opinions and so on. You know what I mean. Okay, first of all, Let's start by saying, what is a limited company for property investing? Very simple question, very simple answer. A limited company means that you as an individual are limited, have limited liability. So you'll buy a property as a limited company and then the limited company owns the property. I think most of you probably already know this. And then you as the individual will own shares in that limited company. And then everything else is pretty normal. The mortgage lender will lend a mortgage to the company rather than to you as an individual. All of the rent goes to the company rather than you as an individual. And all of the expenditure is paid for by the limited company. Here's a quick tip, actually, while I'm here on this subject. If you have if you're going to buy property as a limited company, then set up one bank account for income and expenditure, all income, all expenditure in one account, and then another account for tax. Now, the way I do that is every single month on one particular day of every month, I have what I call a money day. You've heard me talk about that on my podcast. Um, but basically, the money day is where I go through all of my companies, all of my properties, and I calculate, I just look at the income and expenditure so that I can make sure I'm optimizing everything. 
And then all of the tax that should be due from that particular month goes into my tax account so that it's ready to pay. Now, I'll come back to tax in a minute because that's a big one. And there are ways that you can reduce the amount of tax you pay. So I'll go through that in a second. But set up one account for income and expenditure. Actually, do this if you own property in your personal name as well. One single account for all income and all expenditure. And keep a separate account that you transfer your tax into. So I'll come back to how you can reduce your tax, how you can calculate your tax, that sort of stuff in a second. Next question. What is a SPV or a special purpose vehicle? Well, a special purpose vehicle is nothing more than a limited company which is set up specifically for a purpose. So it's a special purpose vehicle. So the limited company is the vehicle and the special purpose might be to just buy a property. Maybe if you're going to do a flip, for an example, you buy a property, do it up, you sell it. You might set up a limited company, buy the property as that limited company, do it all up and then sell it and then close down the limited company. So that limited company has acted as a special purpose vehicle. I hope that makes sense. Now, you could also say that a special purpose vehicle is a company that just buys properties and owns properties. That is a special purpose vehicle. I have a special purpose vehicle. That's my limited company that owns all of the um, properties that I own. So technically, the company owns the properties. I own the company. hope that makes sense. You can use special purpose vehicles for joint ventures. So you might set up a company to do a uh, a property investment deal with somebody else. And then you both own shares in the company. It's a simpler way to do it because then you have all the, you have the right ownership of the company and that's allocated between the people that you're joint venturing with. So if you're doing a joint venture with multiple people, let's say you're doing a joint venture with four people, you might allocate four shares in that company, one each, and then you all own the same amount in that company. Hope that makes sense as well. It also acts as a way to keep all of your projects separate. So if you do lots of flips or you are a developer and you build properties or you want to build properties, quite often a special purpose vehicle as a completely separate limited company to everything else you do is a good way to go. Um, so, so look, I mean, more on that a bit later. I think, I think that's probably something you should get advice on if you are um, going to be doing something as a joint venture, get legal advice as well. And that's also, by the way, that's why you see quite a lot of property investors and developers. They have loads of companies, some of them dissolved, because what they've done is they've set up a company to do a property deal or do a project, and then they've closed the company down once they've exited from it. And that exit could be a sale or whatever. Right, next question. Should I buy in my personal name or should I buy as a limited company? This is one of the most common questions that I'm asked personally and one of the most common questions that I see as well. And by the way, if you've got any questions about buying property, investing in property as a limited company or as a personal name, just comment below. I'll do my best to answer as quickly as I can or if I can't answer, then I'll come back to you definitely. So should I buy a property in my personal name or as a limited company? 
Do you know what? There are so many property investors and landlords that still own property in a personal name because up until recently, that was kind of the way to go. It's only because of tax changes over the last decade that have meant a lot more people are now better off buying property as a limited company. The first thing I would say is everybody's going to be different and it should all depend on your tax position. So quite often, if you're a higher rate taxpayer, you may well be better buying a property as a limited company because if you're owning property as a, in a personal name, as an individual, then all your income is going to be taxable, albeit minus just a couple of uh, allowable expenses, but not really much. You basically get taxed on, on all your income. So if you're a higher rate taxpayer, you'll pay a higher rate tax on all your income. So quite often, if you set up a limited company, then you can pay less tax on at least the property income. The difference between the two is that a limited company, you pay tax on your profit, whereas in an, in, in, as an individual, you pay tax on your income. Now, that all sounds great. And you think, oh, go straight for a limited company, of course. But there are a couple of pros and cons to it. If you buy property as a personal individual, then you normally get lower interest rates. You don't have to pay out so much for accountancy fees, if anything, really. You can do your own tax returns. If you're a, a limited company, then you'll normally pay slightly higher interest rates to mortgage lenders. You'll normally pay accountancy fees because they have to do your end of year accounts. So there are more costs involved, but more tax incentives involved with buying as a limited company. Okay, next question. Can I transfer a personal property to a limited company? Now, that's a big question. Very common. Yes, you can. But the question should be, should you transfer a personally owned property to a limited company? That's a big one. So technically, remember this. A limited company is a completely separate entity to you. It's totally different, legally totally different. So if you're going to transfer a property from a personal name to a limited company, it is still a sale from you personally to the limited company. That means you will your company will have to pay stamp duty on the purchase. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah, I know. Even though you own the company, even though nobody else owns the company but you, so technically it's your property, it's still a transaction. It's still a sale and purchase. So you will pay stamp duty on the purchase as a company. And this is the annoying bit. There is a 3% surcharge in all cases as a limited company. You don't get any kind of stamp duty relief as a limited company. And that means you're going to pay a lot, a lot in stamp duty. Plus, there's more. If you own that property as, as a personal, if you own it personally and you sell it to your limited company, yes, your limited company is going to pay stamp duty and you personally might also have to pay capital gains tax. So it doesn't always work out very efficient if you sell yourself a property. Make sense? You might also, oh, by the way, if you have a mortgage on the property as well and you sell it 
to a limited company, you might have to pay a penalty on your mortgage as well. So check with your mortgage lender just in case. But in some cases, I will say, that sounds doom and gloom, but in some cases, you might be better off actually selling it to your limited company, especially if you're getting crucified personally for tax. Because if you're, think about it, if over the next two years, you're going to pay, I'm just making this up, you're, you're going to pay 10,000 quid in the next two years, but it's going to cost you 10,000 quid to transfer it into the company name, and then you won't have to pay all that tax, it might make sense to transfer it. I definitely recommend speaking to an accountant who will calculate your current and future tax positions. Right, next, let's have a look here. So do I pay stamp duty on limited company purchases? I've just kind of answered that, but yeah, you'll normally pay 3% surcharge on top of the normal banded rate of stamp duty. And that's on all purchases as a limited company. A limited, oh yeah, I, I suppose really a limited company doesn't have a residential home, whereas you do, Mr. and Mrs. Property Investor. You have a limited company, a, a residential home, whereas your your limited company does not. So if you if you have your own home and you're buying your own property to live in, then you don't have to pay that extra 3% surcharge. But if you're buying it as a limited company, even if you're going to live in it, you will pay the 3% surcharge. Next question. Do I pay capital gains tax selling a property as a limited company? No. Yes. Well, kind of no, because you still pay corporation tax. So if you're a limited company and you own the properties as a limited company, and by the way, if you've got any questions, just stick them in the comments below and I'll do my best to answer. Or if I can't answer, I'll come straight back to you. Or, by the way, I should probably say we're talking a lot about tax and accounting here. If you want me to connect you up by email with my personal accountant who looks after my limited company and all my properties, then just uh, maybe drop a comment there or email me, tom at pinkstreet.co.uk. And I'll just I'll just connect you up by email just to help out. OK, where was I? So do I pay capital gains tax selling a property as a limited company? No, but yes, kind of. So, yeah, a limited company will pay corporation tax on annual profits, right? So what that means is if, for an example, you've got 10 properties and they those 10 properties have generated £100,000 a year, like you're doing very well if they have, but they've spent out £50,000 a year, that means your limited company has made £50,000 of profit you will pay tax as a limited company on that profit only. That's it. If you then reinvest that money before the end of the year, guess what? You won't pay tax on it. How good is that? It means that when you get to the end of your year or you're coming towards the end of your year, a good accountant should say to you, Tom, you're at £50,000 of profit, you might want to reinvest that. So you could buy another property, you can invest it in other things, whatever. But if you invest it in the right way, then you will be able to reduce the amount of tax that you spend. It's a good way to, to kind of help with your tax outlay. Um, also, one other thing I should probably mention here about capital gains tax is you personally... If you own property and you sell it, 
then you should have to pay or calculate the capital gains tax on the gain that you've made. So if you buy it for 100,000 and you sell it for 200,000, you're going to spend, you're going to pay tax on that 100,000 pound profit that you've made. Hopefully that makes sense. You don't get a capital gains tax free allowance as a limited company. You can't even use that against profits. You'll just pay tax on your profits. So I guess the key is use your money smartly. Smartly? Is that a word? Use your money in, in a way that reduces the profit that you make. It sounds crazy, but that's what compounding is. You hear me talk about compounding as much as, as possible in my podcasts because it's it's, it's a wonder of the world. It really is. And that's why I try and make sure that my property company doesn't make profit. I just take the profit out and reinvest it. I get more in. I take the profit out. I reinvest it. I reinvest it. I reinvest it. And before you know it, you're investing so much and then reinvesting so much. Your profits are going up so quickly. You're able to build portfolios faster. And then that just gets faster. It's like a snowball. If you think about it like that, it's like a snowball. If you just have, if you took a stone, right? No, I'll tell you what, if you took a snowball in your hand and you just held it in your hand, it would just melt and go away. Something like that. If you have a snowball in your hand and you put it into a container, then you keep the water. You've always got the water, right? That's, that's there. Can't go away in a container. If you roll it down a mountain covered in snow, then it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And it gets bigger faster. The more snow that adds to it, the faster it goes, the bigger it gets faster. You get what I mean? I just made that up at the top of my head there. Um, <laughs> you're probably all thinking, what are we talking about snowballs for? Crazy. Anyway, we're talking about capital gains tax. Right. Moving on very swiftly. Uh, do I own the property when I buy through a limited company? Quick answer, sort of. The limited company owns the property. You own the limited company. The mortgage lender lends to the limited company. So they still have the same rights to the property. They still have the same charge over the property. Um, hopefully that, that's answered that question. Next question. How do I purchase property as a limited company? Again, quite a quick answer on this one. It's pretty much the same as an individual purchase. One thing you might have to take into account is you may well need independent legal advice from a solicitor if you are guarantoring the mortgage. So if you're going to get a mortgage as a limited company and maybe you're a new limited company, maybe you haven't got masses of experience, then quite often the mortgage lender will ask you as the sole owner of that company to provide a guarantee. If they do, you'll have to go and get independent legal advice from a solicitor to say that, um, yes, I've received legal advice on my position as guarantor. Pretty standard. Normally, you just go into a solicitor, hold out the guarantee form. They'll sign it. You'll sign it. Pass it on to the lender. Quickly as that. No problem. Normally it takes about five minutes. I've done it before. Um, it's no big deal. Um Okay, next question. Is it easy to get a mortgage as a limited company? Well, I spotted the name Matt Marsh down here, so he'd be a good one to answer this. But the answer is, yeah, it is pretty easy. Now, it's very similar to taking a uh, an individual mortgage in that it's just a different name. So my, my limited company name 
is just the applicant for the mortgage. Simple as that. If I was buying it, if I was taking a mortgage in a personal name, it'd be my personal name, which is the applicant for the mortgage. Nothing else is really that different. So the only differences, I suppose, is that you, the, the mortgage lender looks at the company rather than you as an individual. Well, it looks at the company more than you as an individual. So they look at your accounts. They look at your um, track record, your history, your experience. So if you have bought companies before and you've invested in companies before, lenders like that because they, they can see a track record. It's like anything really, isn't it? Um, so, so that's a good thing. Yes, it's, it's fairly similar um, to taking a mortgage as an individual. If you're new to it, then it's very difficult, but still similar. It's more difficult, but still similar. So they'll start looking at your income, your ability to uphold the mortgage payments if needed. But let, like I say, lenders really like experience. Um, so your first mortgage might be slightly different to your second. That might be slightly different to your third because you start getting more lenders willing to lend to you. But here's a little tip. Mortgage lenders also, when you're lending to a limited company or you're lending buy-to-let mortgages, investment mortgages, they also like the property. So they will look at the property and they will have a certain calculation which will show them how much they can lend to you. Now, that's normally based on the rent. They like the rent to be at minimum 125% of the mortgage payment if the mortgage payment was at 5% interest. Does that make sense? The 125%, the rent should be 125% of the mortgage payment if the mortgage payment was 5% interest rate. Something like that. Now, that's not a hard and fast rule. That is a general generic calculation, which will give you an idea of whether this mortgage lender will lend to you or not. And quite often, if that calculation doesn't work out, then they'll look at other factors to see if they still want to lend. Um, Jake has asked here, what's the criteria for a limited company to be approved by a lender? Personally, buying a property requires some income credit rating. Yeah, you're right. So if you're buying a property personally, then often you will have to prove your income. You'll have to have a credit rating. Um, but in a lot of cases, lenders will also look at the property you're buying as well as your track record. Because don't forget, they're lending you 75% of the, well, in most cases, 75% of the value of the purchase price. Um, but if you saw my live the other day, where I've been offered this fantastic mortgage deal where I can borrow up to 75% uh, of the open market value, meaning if I'm buying below market value, which I often do, I could borrow more against the purchase price. It's crazy. Um, it, again, if you want me to connect you up with, with the mortgage advisor that sorted that out for me, then more than happy to do that. Just email me, tom at pinkstreet.co.uk, and I'll just connect you up by email. Um, I don't want anything for it. You just you just hopefully can get some properties under your belt. Um, criteria for a limited company to be approved by a lender. Again, limited company has to have accounts. If they don't have accounts, just statements. If they don't have statements, if it's a brand new company, then they'll look more at you and the property. So it's very similar, Jake. And hopefully that answers your question. Really, to, to summarize that answer, you don't really need any different criteria to you personally. 
If you've got a terrible, terrible credit rating, you might have to fork out a bit more as a deposit. You might have to have a much better and secure property. So that hopefully um, helps there. Right. Where are we? So I was talking about, is it easy to get a limited company mortgage? A um, couple of things as I finish on that question. If you buy a property as a limited company and you take a mortgage as a limited company, quite often you'll pay a slightly higher interest rate. But the tax is lower. So you have to make a calculation. You're going to pay more per month, but you'll get more tax relief. So you'll pay less tax. So it might well work out. Then you have to take into account your personal tax position. Might be better buying a property as a personal. What I'm saying is, is there's no hard and fast rule of you should buy properties as a limited company or you should buy properties as a personal. You have to calculate it. I personally would go straight to an accountant and say, hey, figure out my tax position and tell me whether I should buy as a personal or a limited company. Next question. How is tax different on a limited company and a personal? How is tax different for a limited company and for me personally? Sorry. <laughs> so personally, your rent is taxable. There are a couple of allowable expenses, nothing dramatic. So if you're buying a property and taking a mortgage as a personal uh, asset, then all of that rent is going to be taxable income. So if you pay, and then you'll pay tax on that income at your normal rate. So if you're a higher rate taxpayer, then you will pay at your normal tax rate. If you're a lower taxpayer, same thing. So higher taxpayers higher rate taxpayers tend to lose out in most instances. They tend to lose out in that in, in that case. And that's when you'll probably take a limited company purchase. Limited companies, like I said earlier on, limited companies pay corporation tax on the profits, which means it's your income, take away your expenses. That bit is your profit. And that's what you'll pay tax on. If you keep the profit in your company, I talked earlier on about reinvesting it and reinvesting it. If you keep the profits in your company, then you'll pay, then you'll only pay corporation tax. If you reinvest it, you might be able to reduce the corporation tax you pay. And there are three ways, by the way, I should probably add to this. There's three ways that you can pay yourself from your own limited company. And this is what I think everybody should know automatically. Number one is a salary. Now, let's just assume you don't have any other salary. Let's just assume you don't have a job. You don't get paid. That's it. You take a salary from your property company. You can pay yourself up to the tax-free allowance, which is roughly 12 and a half grand-ish. You can pay yourself that from your limited company. And personally, you'll pay no tax. Nice. If you pay yourself 50000 a year, then you'll be a higher rate taxpayer. As a salary from your company, you'll be a higher rate taxpayer. You'll pay tax on that. So you can pay yourself a salary from your own limited company. Or you can pay yourself a dividend. A dividend, it's basically an ad hoc payment. You just pay yourself or withdraw money for yourself and you'll pay a dividend tax. Now, that is often lower than income tax. Again, depends on your tax position, but normally dividends pay or attract lower tax rates than income, normal, regular, salaried income. 
Now, it does mean that if you are in a joint venture with other people that own your company too, so if, you, if you've got one share and somebody else has got one share and you pay yourself a dividend, you have to pay them a dividend as well. So remember that. And the last way, a good way to withdraw cash from your limited company is by contributing towards a pension. You have an annual allowance that you can contribute towards a pension, which will be tax free. It's a way to get money out of your business so that you don't pay tax on it. Right. So if you're going to make 50 grand profit this year, you could contribute towards your pension and you won't make as much profit, meaning you won't make as much you won't pay as much tax. Hope that makes sense. So, yeah, so salary, dividends or pension contributions. Two more questions to go. Um, and at the end of the last question, by the way, is I'm going to tell you actually how to set up a limited company to buy properties with. Uh, but first of all, do I need an accountant? Great question. No, but it is recommended. If you're going to buy property yourself as an individual, then you don't necessarily need an accountant. You can do your own self-assessments, your own tax returns. Why you would, I don't know. My big belief is that you should let the experts do what the experts do. I didn't get into property investing so I can do tax returns. Absolutely not. Let someone else do that. They know what they're doing and they can optimize my tax position. So, um, so no, you don't need an accountant. If you're buying property as a personal, um, in a personal name, you don't need an accountant. I recommend it. It's only a few hundred quid for somebody to do your tax returns. It's not a lot. Um, if you have a limited company, then your accountant, get a good accountant. They'll file your annual account. You could do the bookkeeping if you want, where you every month, I would say, have, have a money day like I do. And you can do your own books if you want at that time. Again, why you would want to, I don't know. Let the experts do what the experts do. But your accountant will then be able to file your annual accounts. And that's nothing more than here's the profit. Here's the loss. Here's the balance sheet, which says this is how much you own. This is what your wealth is as a company. You've got a million pounds worth of property. You've got 10,000 pounds worth of other assets, 50,000 pounds worth of furniture, all of those things on a balance sheet. Um, it also calculates your liability. So this is what debts I have. This is how much I owe. And then you can also start earning or reducing your tax payments against depreciation of some of those things that you earn. So, for example, if you've got something that you bought for 10,000 quid and then at the end of the year, it's now worth 5,000 quid, you get that depreciation, that reducing that reduction in value that goes that comes off of your um, taxable income. Um, and then lastly, I would probably say a good accountant will by far pay for themselves in the savings they will make you in tax. There are some really good accountants out there. There's some good, great account. Look, oh, by the way, if you want me to link you up with my accountant, then just drop me an email. I'll just connect you by email. That's the easiest way to do it. It's tom at pinkstreet.co.uk. I don't want anything for that. I just want to make sure everyone's got the right advice and they're able to do this stuff properly. So, yeah, a good accountant will absolutely pay for themselves in tax savings. And they'll also be able to advise you on what you need to do with the income that you're getting, with the profits that you're getting. They'll advise you, hey, Tom, you're going to spend a lot of money on tax if you don't do something with this cash that you've got sitting in the bank right now. That's why a lot of property investors, that uh, they just continue to buy, continue to buy. 
there's a guy locally to me, I won't mention a name, but there's a guy, a, a property investor locally to me that he'll give my team a ring and say, right, I've got to buy a load of buy-to-let properties because I've got too much cash sitting in the bank. And he doesn't want to, doesn't want to pay tax on it. So he calls my team and says, right, get me some off-market deals, get me some below-market value deals quickly because he needs to spend the money. So yes, do you need an accountant? No, but definitely, definitely get one unless the reason you got into property investing was to do your own tax returns and self-assessments, blah, blah, blah. And lastly, let's finish off with a nice one. How do you set up a limited company? It's so easy, so easy to set up a limited company. When I first started my business, I had no clue about business. I had no clue about setting up companies or tax or accounting, all of those things. I just Googled it. And I found a, a website called Company Formations 24-7. It's called Company Formations 24-7. Simple as that. <laughs> it does what it says on the tin. And once you hit their, their website, it gives you three options, I think. I don't know if it's still the same, but you get a basic package, uh, a bronze package, a silver package, a gold package, or whatever. You only need the basic, really, unless you want a nice framed picture of your company certificate. Who needs that? Just go for the basic package. I think it's something like 20 quid. And then it just takes you through it step by step. And it takes about 15 minutes. Now, I'm not paid to, I'm not paid by them to tell you that. Uh, that's just who I used. Company formations 24-7. Yeah, 15 minutes. So easy. Quick tip. If you're going to set up a limited company, then you might as well create 100 shares or 1,000 even. It, it won't make a difference. I promise you that. It will just be that in the future, if you've got 100 shares, you can allocate shares to people. So if you've got children, for an example, you can give them shares in your company. If you want to do a joint venture or you want to bring an investor on board, you can give them shares in your company. It just It's a better way to do it, I think. But when you first start the company up, you create 100 shares. It will ask you how many shares you want to create. When you first set it up and you make 100 shares, you can have all of those 100 shares, first of all. You just allocate them all to yourself, no problem. So, so yeah, I hope all those questions and answers help. It's The reason I wanted to do this one is because so many people are thinking, do I, do I buy property as a limited company or should I buy it in my own name? And there are so many people that have properties in their own name that are wondering whether they should transfer them to a limited company. So, yeah, I hope they ask, they answer your questions as well. If you've got more questions, then pop them in the comments below and I'll do my best to answer any questions that I possibly can. Right. Let's leave it at that. I will speak to you all soon. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you for joining me and I hope you enjoyed this podcast. But before you go to the next episode, I really want to hear from you. Just search Tom Sohn on any social media or just email me tom at pinkstreet.co.uk. I'd love to know your thoughts on this episode. And if you need any help with your own situation, just get in touch. I'll answer every email and every message I promise. Anyway, see you in the next podcast. And remember, being a landlord is hard. Being an anonymous landlord is easy. Invest, enjoy, repeat and grow.